0: It's a a slightly different talk this morning. Andy will be glad to hear, but uh, I will point out that just like the website, it is actually quite good. Those other seven talks are also pretty good as well, even if you do hear them a few times. Um, this morning, we've already been singing and thinking about what it means to live in freedom. And I guess that's what I want us to take just 10 or 15 minutes this morning, I guess, to reflect on. I don't know if you've ever found yourself close to the point of losing your freedom. Um, for me, any time I get stopped by the police, I instantly go on to guilt mode. I was driving up North Road the other day, and the police stopped me. And the only thing that he asked, he waved about seven cars through, and then he stopped mine. He was like, you got your license? And I instantly panicked. I hadn't got my wallet with me. I was like, no. He's like, is this your car? I was like, "Uh, yes. (laughs) And I just kind of find myself stuck. But the worst time that I ever had was we were in the States about 10 years ago. We'd rented a car, this amazing silver Pontiac. It was absolutely phenomenal, and I loved driving it. It was Christmas Day, and we were driving back down. I was dropping Laura's aunt and uncle back down to their condo, and so we'd driven down the road about half an hour, and it was the first time that i ever driven in America, the first time I'd ever driven on the opposite side of the road. You can tell where this story's going already. Uh, and we're driving down, and, and Laura's aunt and uncle, they live in America, so they're, they're complimenting me. They're like, you're, you're really confident with your driving. Like You're, you're really quite good at this, and I'm Taking the compliment as I often do, head swelling bigger and bigger and bigger. I'm like, thanks very much, thanks very much. Dropped them off, drove out to the end of their street pulled out onto the road, this huge four-lane wide road. So I pull right out over onto the right-hand side of the fourth lane and start driving. Get about 10 seconds and see one, two, three, four lanes of headlights all coming towards me. At this point, I realize that it's not a four-lane wide road. It's an eight-lane wide road. Now, we're just not used to that in the UK. So I'm going okay, problem, do I just gamble it and just keep going, or do I stop, or reverse, and get myself back onto the proper side of the road? So thankfully, I common sense kicked in, hit the brakes, popped the car in reverse, turned, looked over the shoulder, and what do I see coming around the car after me? The words blazoned up the side, state trooper. Just like, ah. Oh, so I reverse back, it's maybe only 15 meters, but I reverse back, pull up onto the, the proper side of the road, and the state trooper's sort of pulled in, and is driving at about four miles an hour, so I do what any Northern Irish person does, I tuck in behind him, and I sort of think, there's no way you're pulling me over, and eventually he sort of waves me past, and I start to pull up to speed, and then he hits the disco lights, and the sirens come on, and everything, woo. And I pull the car in at the side of the road, and it was like watching cops. If you've ever seen that that show where it's like all the documentaries, I'm looking in the the kind of side mirror, and I see the door open, and the mag light comes out, and he starts walking. He starts walking kind of like John Wayne, and he walks up to the car, and he he, he says to me, "He's like, do you know why I've pulled you over?" And I was like, "The <laughs> fair idea." And uh Instantly, if you've ever been to America, you know that Irish charm works. So I was almost tempted to be like, tap it the morning to you. How's it going? there? you them you well yourself no. And, uh, and he started to ask lots of questions. And again, it got to that question. Well, look, can I, see, can I see your driver's license? Can I see your ID? And I said, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'd left it in the glove box of the car. So we opened the glove box of the car. Wallet's not there. It's back at the villa that we're staying in. I didn't know this. And if you're going to America on holiday later this summer, this is good travel advice. It's illegal to drive without your driver's license in America. So this guy goes from being the happy, jolly American state trooper to being like Iron Man. Like He just becomes this terrifying force. And he starts to ask lots more questions. He's like, have you got proof of ownership of this car? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I've got a a rental document here that only had Laura's dad's name on it. So things are not going well. He starts to say words like Interpol. And I don't know really what that is and how it works, but I know it's not good when people start talking about it. And so I'm literally sitting there terrified. He asked me where I'm from. I'm like, I'm from, from Ireland. <laughs> We're we'll not getting into the North side thing. I'm just from Ireland. It's, it's a great place over there. He's like, so you're driving the wrong side. Should do an American So do you drive on the wrong side of the road in Ireland? And I was like, well, you know, we call it the left, but you're the policeman, so wrong. Yeah, that's fine. And eventually we sort of, my charm and good looks and general wit kind of disarmed him a little bit and eventually sort of sent us off. On our way, and I guess you only really appreciate your freedom whenever you almost feel like it 's being taken from you, or if you 've experienced that sense of being captive to something, then you truly appreciate what it means to be free. The next day over lunch, my uh, wife 's uncle and aunt told me that I could have been fined a significant amount of money that I could have spent a night in a jail cell, so uh, I truly appreciate my freedom and whenever we think back to two thousand years ago, whenever Jesus stepped into this world, he stepped Step stepped into a context of a people who didn't really ever know what it meant to be free. They'd been passed from empire to empire, from captive to captivity, and they had never known what it was truly like to be free. And then Jesus steps into the planet and he starts to talk about things like the truth and that the truth will set you free. And that must have resonated, that must have reverberated inside people's souls as they started to hear these sort of words. Whenever Jesus said words like, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. You see, for each and every single one of these people, they knew the narrative, they knew that a Messiah, that a Savior would come, that someone would come and redeem them. And their picture of who that was was maybe slightly skewed. They thought it was going to be someone who was going to come prepared to shed an unimaginable amount of blood to purchase their freedom. But they didn't realize that Jesus only ever intended to come and shed his own. And so I want us to think this morning about a passage. It's in Matthew 21. It's the point whenever Jesus walks into Jerusalem around about just under 2,000 years ago. And whenever he walks into Jerusalem, he's greeted as a king. He's greeted as the Redeemer. He's greeted as this incredible Savior. This is what it says in Matthew 21. It says, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage and the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey. And on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. And the crowd answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the day that's known as the the triumphal entry, and we see a crowd of people who come worshiping Jesus. If we're honest, they're, they're worshiping Jesus, but they're sort of worshiping what their hopes of Jesus are. To say, they see him as being this person who's going to come into Jerusalem, who's going to lay down his stake here, who's going to use this as the point to lay down his kingship and that he's going to wage a war, that he's going to ignite a revolution and that the enemies are going to be thrown over and the Israelites will know what their true freedom looks like. Their belief is that this is what's going to happen. But they wanted him to be the kind of king that would allow them to be a little bit less. They wanted him to be the sort of king that would justify them living just like every other society and culture would. But Jesus came to call them to be more. He came to show them a different way. You see, as Jesus came into the world, he he came with a message of freedom. But it's not about destruction of your enemies. It's about loving your enemies. And this was completely countercultural to what some of those people who greeted Jesus as he came into the town were even hoping for. It's not what they were expecting. You see, Jesus knew that the victory could only be found in the defeat. Jesus knew that the only way to purchase true freedom was for him to give up his life. And so Jesus did come to be a king but he didn't come to establish a kingdom that wars against nations or empires or governments he came to establish a kingdom that wars against our greed it wars against our lust it wars against our shame and our fear and our doubt it's a kingdom that wins the war within that's what jesus came to do and sometimes we have different expectations of Jesus, But the ultimate victory that Jesus could bring as he rode in on that donkey, as he came as greeted as a king, the ultimate victory that he could win was to give us the freedom of our souls. That's why Jesus came. But here's the thing that I love about this passage. The donkey ruins everything. Because the donkey changes everything. If a king was to to ride into town, if a king or the queen was to come, well, she'd come in a massive Land Rover. I saw one just the other day come from Hillsborough. But if a king in this day was to roll into town, he would come in on the biggest horse. And yet here we have Jesus choosing to ride into town on a donkey. The donkey ruins everything. If this is who God is, then this is who we are to become. I want to read a few words to you from Galatians 5. It's from the message. It says this. It's absolutely clear that God has called you to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That's an act of true freedom. And so this morning, as as we celebrate our freedom, we realize that this freedom goes hand in hand with surrender. We realize that this freedom goes hand in hand with sacrifice. And so this morning, we take this freedom that we have, this freedom of our souls, and we give it straight back to the King. And we say, (laughs) we're here to serve. We're here to worship you. We're grateful. We're thankful. We want to lay down our lives for others. We don't want to overthrow our enemies. We want to love our enemies. We don't want to ignore our neighbors. We want to love our neighbors. And so if you've experienced that freedom this morning, what we're going to do in a few minutes is we're going to worship again. We're going to thank God for that freedom that he has brought us. And perhaps you're here this morning and your picture of Jesus, just like some people in the crowd that day, was was a little skewed. You've got a slightly different picture of who you thought Jesus was. Well, Jesus came to bring life to your soul. Jesus came to bring freedom to your life. And so this morning, if you want to, to come and, and have anyone pray with you about anything like that, please, please do. But as the band come up, uh, we're going to take a moment now just to pray. Father, we thank you that, that this little corner of the world that we live in knows freedom. God, that we live in, in relative peace. God, we know so many other parts of the world where um, our friends, our brothers, our sisters don't know that same freedom. God, we thank you that the ultimate freedom is knowing the freedom of our souls, is knowing the relationship that we can have with you, our Father. God, we thank you that Jesus came to purchase that freedom. God, we thank you that even though people wanted Jesus to stick around, to wage a war against an empire, that he knew that there was a much greater battle at stake. And so, God, this morning we simply come here to say thank simply come here to worship and to lay down our lives. God, we realize that, that our freedom came at the price of sacrifice. And so we give our freedom to you in surrender. We pray all of this in Jesus' name.